0: Welcome to the Next of the Hub, the TV Series Hub podcast. Join us to explore the entertainment galaxy in this new feature made with love from fans and for fans. If you like debates, nerd talks and to be well informed about TV and film, this is the podcast for you. From Nurks to Nurks.
1: Welcome to Nerds of the Hub. I am your host today, Kelsey, and I am joined by fellow host, Deb. Morning, everybody. And our phenomenal guest, Lewis Finley. Good
0: morning, America. All <laughs> right, so
1: in this case, we're going to say you might not know Lewis yet, but he is coming to your screens soon. We know it because we are loving your independent films, your shorts that you are doing, and we know oh, that... We are getting you early on in your trajectory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Uh, so we first wanted to ask you about your uh, your film, your short film, Days to Come. Yes. And you were writer, director, star, the whole shebang, correct?
0: Yeah. 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 Spot on. Yeah.
1: So how did that idea come up?
0: Um, okay. So um, the film um, Days to Come is about. Uh, a young man who suffers from anxiety and depression and um, before I I wrote the film um, a couple of years ago I got diagnosed with anxiety um, which was quite horrible because I've always seen myself as someone that who's very confident and uh, you know likes to be around people and make people laugh and you know be the clown of the group and stuff and i don't you know i I didn't mind people laughing at me and stuff but when i got diagnosed with anxiety it was sort of like i wasn't that person anymore i didn't really want to go out i when people were laughing at me i I was like are you laughing with me or are you laughing at me and it just makes you when you're when you're in that mind frame it just makes you um question everything even to the point of speaking and having a conversation if I said something I didn't know whether or not it was going to offend someone so I was always weighing up the pros and cons, should I say this and should I say that and then it's quite sad really because when you have a conversation with someone like we are now you shouldn't really just, you shouldn't judge it. you just you know be able to have a, a chat with someone um, even with my closest friends and family like I didn't know whether I was saying the right thing or not. Um, and yeah the anxiety stopped me going out it stopped me auditioning for a little bit but i found reasons to go and do these things rather than find an excuse to stay at home where i knew i was safe yeah and just i i knew if i could force myself out of the house and do stuff then slowly but surely i would be able to overcome like anxiety but yeah when you're feeling that low it does get a bit depressing and as a man, I thought I couldn't really talk to anyone about it. So um, I'm a writer as well. So I was just writing down how I felt at the time. And my sister's boyfriend, he he found my notes on the table and he's like, oh, what's this? And I told him, and um, he lives with me, by the way. So yeah, he was quite shocked to find out how I was feeling, feeling anxious and a little bit depressed. And he said, you know, you can always talk to me about it. So I said, you know, in future I will do, but he he actually encouraged me to write, well to adapt how I was feeling into a, a screenplay. Uh, at first I didn't really want to do that because it was kind of like me revealing a, a personal side of who I am and when you're acting you sort of have layers to hide behind, you know, and you protect yourself from, you know, you, you, you protect you you do protect yourself as an actor. You, you let people see a certain side of you, not necessarily what life's like at home. But I thought we've got a real issue here. Mental health doesn't really get spoken about. Why don't I try and do something about it? So I adapted my notes into a short, into about a six minute screenplay. And um, I spoke to two of my good friends and I said, would you like to help me make this film? And they said, yes. And it was only until after we um, finished filming a scene that I actually felt a little bit low, a little bit drained. Um, they were saying, you know, you actually got a really good performance there. But uh, I had to be honest, I had to tell them that I was suffering. And that kind of upset them a little bit because, uh, you know, they're supposed to be my best friends. And the fact that I couldn't talk to them about how I was feeling hurt them. One of the things I realised is that I didn't have to make a film about how i was feeling in order to tell someone um knowing that there was going to be the support there from day one i guess i should have i should have seeked help from my friends um rather than hide and worry about whether or not they're gonna laugh at me whether or not i'm gonna be not bullied but whether people are gonna make a joke about it and stuff and i just felt as a man we don't really talk about our feelings we Keep everything bottled up, and I thought if if this if someone sees this film and it encourages one person to seek help and tell their family, then I think we're on a mission to uh, to spread some posit- positivity and hopefully encourage more people, especially males. I think to talk about their feelings, and one of the aims that I want to do with the film is to go in schools and speak to you know youngsters and students about how to get help and how to talk to people and not keep it to yourself like I did because uh, it it doesn't do you any favours, you know, and I I did get depression from it because I didn't speak to anyone. So, yeah, um, days to come is just about taking each day as it comes and, you know, just learning to accept that you've got this mental illness and it's about how you deal with it. And, yeah, it was something that was very personal to me and I thought... I've got to do something about this and try and encourage others to speak openly about how they're feeling.
1: That's phenomenal. I mean, it, it felt very personal watching it. I mean, the way you you sort of are talking in the background and then you're with your friends and, and yes. you can see. And I, I also suffer from anxiety and I very much connected with this idea of like, in my head, I'm nervous. Are they go- am I going to say something stupid? Am I going to make them so angry that they never want to be my friend again am I going to do something yeah. wrong but you're just like huh you know it, you know you're outwardly you're just like yeah cool I'm good I'm good you good you know this uh and it I could really connect to that you um it's interesting to learn that you it comes from personal experience because it very much reads that way
0: mm. well that's that's one of the things it's like um as you just said, like, you, you do kind of think about, oh, uh, have I said the right thing? And then it plays on your mind to the point where it just gets silly. and You know, it could be like four hours later after you said something, and you're still thinking, oh, if I could go back, I wouldn't have said that. Maybe if I seen him tomorrow and I apologize. And it's got to that point where I've apologized. And they're like, what are you apologizing for? And I tell them, like, no, you know, everything's cool between us, you know. It's like you're just questioning everything. It's not a good place to be in.
2: No, no, it's definitely not. And we have our little mental health triumvirate here (laughs) since i live with um post-traumatic stress disorder so (laughs) interesting that we should all touch base with each other there were several parts of this film that really rang true for me um Mm. for a five-minute film wow you packed so much into that so much emotion thank thank you some really amazing dialogue um you had one line in which you talked about the feeling of always being fake and having to pretend that you're okay. And the amount of energy that goes into that. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, I'm amazed that this sprang from your notes being found because my God, how vulnerable was that? I'm I'm wondering how long from the time that happened, well, first from the time that you realized you were really struggling and started journaling and um, taking notes about stuff. And then, the discovery of it how long of a process was that to make the film and how much um yeah, how much so, struggle went into that
0: how much what sorry
2: struggle went into
0: struggle. it i think it's quite interesting because you guys just said like when when you get a uh, diagnosed with anxiety i mean i've always been someone as i said earlier that is quite confident and stuff um and when you actually tell people that you've got it they're like no way, you like you light up a room, you know. You're like you're so much fun to be around, and I kind of feel like maybe that was a a, a guard in order to protect myself. I was pretending that I was this confident guy when really I was actually struggling. But yeah, to um, in terms of getting the film produced, it was just a simple phone call to my two good friends and uh, asking them if they would like to once again make another film with me. <laughs> But, you know, I I can't thank them enough because um, they're always there for me whenever I need them, whether it be making a film or just having someone to talk to. um, Really appreciate that. So when I told them, I I didn't tell them that this was a film about me because I thought if I told them, then it might jeopardize the film getting made. Maybe they'd feel a little bit awkward about being around me. So I thought, you know what? We'll shoot the film. We shot the film in two weeks. No, sorry, in a week, sorry. So it was in one week and then the second week I, I was editing it. Um, so yeah, we shot the film and then there was just one scene where I just kind of like broke down. I'm not gonna say which scene it is, but you'll probably see it in there <laughs> if you look closely for it. And I was just like, I don't think, I, I think I'm done for the day, you know, like I'm gonna have to take some time out and then come back to this later with film another scene. And they were like, well, you know, what's up? And then I told them and uh, yeah, they cried. And yeah, it was just like sounds
2: like uh, you have some amazing friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, my dad always said you should be able to count your friends on one hand, and uh, yeah, he was he was right because all my <laughs> friends are on there. But yeah, as I say, the film took about one week to film, and then the second week was just doing the narration and color grading and editing it. And then I think after that, we I sent it to my friends and said, you know, what do you think of this? They loved it. I found someone to compose the score behind it. His name is Reg Length and he's just amazing what he does. Like when he sent me the piece, it's like, oh my God, this feels like a dream. You know, like it it felt so calm and I kind of feel like because I asked him if he could send me if he could send me the score just on its own. It's just something that I could listen to. And I found that when I was having anxiety attacks, like, if I listened to that, it would calm me down, it make me feel safe. And I thought, this this score is gonna really, well, I hope it's gonna make people feel calm and that they can breathe and just take a moment to not worry about what's going on around them. Just watch this film and forget everything. And And if you can relate to it, then that's perfect. And then after that, it was just about submitting it to film festivals. And one of them, which I'm really particularly proud of, is sending it to the Actors Awards in Los Angeles. You won
1: for that, right? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> Yay! I know,
0: thank you. Um, yeah, and it won so, several
2: other awards as well.
0: Yeah, it did. Saw, yeah, they were yeah. many. in Europe, Yeah. Yeah, so it was crazy because um, for some film competitions you have to, you know, you have to pay an upfront fee and there's no guarantee that your film is even going to get seen. It's just literally to, to submit it. And with the Actors Awards, I found a waiver. It was like a free coupon code. You enter the code in and you can submit your film. And I was just like, Do you know what? No one in L.A. is going to see this film produced by little old me, you know, just some guy from the U.K. in a very small town. And I just forgot about it. And then the next thing I know, I've got an email saying that I've won. And I was just like, wow. And I just think, looking back to when I was in a dark place, those awards, for me, may sound selfish, but for me, it was kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel that I, I needed. Mm-hmm. And especially when I'm opening up and showing an audience, I um, side to me that i never really spoke about i mean now i have no shame talking about it but back then i was very protective and i didn't really want to talk about it so to get those awards just gave me even more confidence to 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 speak openly about it and it's an award-winning film so people should see it so yeah it's nice to see everyone's hard work pay off i think we got about four awards maybe four or five but um yeah, I'm not done with it. I'm going to be sending it to more film festivals, because the more people that it can touch, the better. Um, and then, as I say, I'd, I'd like to tour schools and speak to people, maybe go to some um, meetings. There's a charity here called Mind, and uh, if I can do any work with them and show them the film and encourage people to speak about it, then I'd be very happy to do that. You know, I think if we forget to help people in today's society. Everyone's busy trying to get somewhere and or do something you forget about the next person next to you so yeah
1: i love that i love the idea of taking it to schools and and not i mean because i can see you know sort of especially like high school boys are trying to be you know tough and whatever and now there's this not only award-winning film but this award-winning actor who comes in a writer director who's who can speak you know about your own pain and struggle Mm. And making it through, and how that could be open up the, the possibility for them that they could as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's a phenomenal. So good luck. We hope that that happens.
0: Oh, thank you. I hope so too. So
1: I
2: was just going to say, as, as a former college administrator, um, it's the perfect film to work with college age men. So I would encourage you to to go after that audience as well, especially if you're willing to tour with the film, you know, do feedback and stuff, because. It's presented in such a way that it's it's very non-threatening, and mm. especially the involvement of the friends um, being so open to to listening and offer help. I think would would really ring true for a lot of college-age men, which is when a lot of mental health Ill, um, issues start showing up. Is it is yeah. in that age range? So. Get out
0: there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, That's the goal. That's the plan. And it's in. It's nice as well because everyone in that film is a friend, um, apart from um, the actress who plays my girlfriend. We actually met at, uh, at drama, at drama school. So, and she she's just great to work with. Um, Miriam, she's lovely Jogan. Miriam, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. She she brings out like a really, really good side of you where, it's like. I don't know, she, she just has a way of making everyone happy. Like she's so much fun to be around and, and bubbly and stuff. And I find that like, when you have people like that who are, because I, I didn't tell her at first that I had anxiety. So after we shot it and I told her, like she was devastated to hear that too. But uh, she she worked her ass off on this and she's done really well. I couldn't have found anyone better, really. So, to... and, ha- and it's a shame as well because I had to get everything done in six minutes. Um, you know, for festival reasons. But there was so much that we shot that I couldn't put in there, which is a shame. You know, people are asking me if I want to do a part two, but uh, that's something we might consider in the future. Who knows where that will go? But for now, this this is what I want to do with it. Like there's a mission behind this film. It's not just make a film, send it out there and forget about it and hope people watch it next week. It's about spreading a message.
1: So I have to ask you just briefly, in this, you put yourself out there emotionally, but you did another short film way out in which you put yourself out there physically. Oh yeah, and, um, and actually shot with a broken rib. Is that? correct?
0: You guys have done your research. I
1: mean, <laughs> well, we try. <laughs> uh,
0: I, yeah, I was wondering where you was going with this. I mean, yeah, yeah, I did break my rib. Yeah.
1: In preparation, correct? Like, not just it was, you shot with a broken, but like in training, is that correct, for the film?
0: Yeah, so before, this is before we even filmed. Oh, that, that was a headache. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I I had no boxing experience. Uh, my dad did a bit of boxing back in the day, and there was a personal trainer at my gym who was a boxer, so I was just like, is there any chance you can teach me? So he said, yeah, yeah, we'll make it happen. I told him that I was preparing for a film. So he was great to work with because he um, he actually took into consideration things that I didn't think about, like, what is your character like? How does he move? And we found a way to sort of make the acting and uh, the boxing um b1 sort of thing if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so in terms of body language and stuff like that and how does he carry himself how does he fight is does he stick a move or you know is he fast is it just stuff like that and yeah we ended up sparring and he popped my rib (laughs) um but you know it's what i signed up for right so you can't expect to go in a ring and not and, and not expect to get hurt in some way. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but for two to three weeks, I, um, I didn't know I'd broken it. So I was still going to my boxing classes and getting hit there, just thinking maybe I'd bruised a muscle or a bone or something. And uh, there was just one night where I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't breathe. I went to the hospital the next day. And they told me that it was broken. Uh, naturally I started to worry thinking about the film. Am I going to be able to do it? Um, am I going to have to pull out? And it was a role that I really wanted. Like I'd been waiting for a role like that to turn up for ages. So I never told them, I didn't tell them about the rib. I just carried on training as best I could. And when it came to filming the boxing scene, that's kind of when I told them, so I was like, look. You can't, I know it's acting, but you can't guarantee not getting hit. So I had to tell them there and then they were were quite worried, but uh, we made sure it was safe. If anything, (laughs) I think it made, (laughs) I think I hurt the other guy more because in in take one, I popped him in the eye and we had it. Yeah, that was just a (laughs) rehearsal. So we were quite worried about his eye, you know, being swollen and how it's going to make the film look, but You know, lucky enough, I didn't do too much damage. But yeah, had a broken rib for two weeks and then shot a film with a broken rib. So, yeah, bit crazy.
1: We hope that in the future it's like uh, not quite so painful Um, either way.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, well, I still have my days where it hurts, you know. But one of the things that I've taken from that is that I wasn't very happy with my performance and how I moved because of the limitation by the injury. So it was kind of like one day I'm going to make another boxer movie and I'm, I'm actually shooting it now. Um, that I've written, directed and, and we're producing a crowdfunding as well. The film's called no mercy. We have a Twitter page and Facebook page. I think we're about 35 to 40% finished with filming. So it's just now about casting the other actors, booking locations, and trying to get the next um, installment of the film completed. But yeah, hopefully that will be finished by next year. You know, it's well hoping it's going to be a feature film, but, uh, you know, with limited money, it's, it's hard to say which way it will go. So, yeah.
1: So what is No Mercy about? What can you tell us about that?
0: Okay, so No Mercy um, is about uh, a young boxer. Um, he's the son of uh, a championship heavyweight boxer called Jack mercy. So, you know, they're like little tagline is no mercy. You know? Um, and I've got to be careful here. So Reese <laughs> wants to travel in his father's footsteps, you know, and be just like his dad. And on his way to getting his first big fight, tragedy happens and he doesn't feel like he can do it without someone there. I'm not going to say who, but someone who's, you know, t- like training him and stuff. So, yeah, just as things start finally going well for him, something bad happens and uh, he doesn't think he can do it. And it's down to my character's girlfriend and best friend to uh, pull him back out of a dark place with the help of some old acquaintances, shall we say and, you know, get back on the right path and in the ring ahead of fight night. It's a nice piece. It's one of the best things I I think I've written. It's very family orientated as well. And there's also the element of believing one side of a story that someone's told you, but never hearing it from someone else. And then when you finally hear that that side of the story, it's, it, it's kind of like maybe I was wrong about the way that I felt about you and I've been so clouded by what I've heard all my life and never actually taken the chance to ask you how you felt. Can you tell me your side of the story? And that kind of comes from a personal place as well. You know, Some, most of the stuff I write comes from personal experiences. Um, yeah, so that's something to look out for. I'm hoping to get a teaser cut together very soon. We've got more than enough footage to work with to put a teaser out there. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that.
1: Yeah, we will. And is the Twitter, what is your the Twitter handle?
0: It is No Mercy Film.
1: No Mercy Film. Okay, we yeah. will definitely look out for that then. That's exciting. Uh, and are you working on anything else right now?
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I also wrote, directed and produced a short film called Roadkill and that is about two brothers who are on the way to their mother's um funeral um they're traveling up the the, the day before ahead of this funeral and there's an accident and they they try to do the right thing but then it becomes a question, are we doing the right thing for this person? I'm trying not to give spoilers away as well. Um, is it, are we doing the right thing for this person or are we doing the right thing for ourselves? And if, and if it's, are we doing the right thing for ourselves, then we need to really question our morals. Um, but ultimately it's about them saving their own skin. And there's a nice little twist at the end because something else happens. And then, uh, yeah, when this twist happens at the end, it's kind of like, Oh, I didn't need to do that.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So but you'll see because I'll, I've got a teaser coming for that okay. as
1: well. That's one of those like vague, no spoilers, but you're like. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know.
0: I, I could give you more info, but I kind of like teasing you.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But um. Yeah, and then the other thing I've got coming this month. Um, I I hope it's this month because there was talks of having a Halloween, uh, premiere and release. Um, is a film I shot earlier this year called The Mummy Reborn. Um, and that's a feature film that will be coming over to the United States as well on DVD. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that if you can. Um, hopefully there will be more details about it. Um, but, yeah, The Mummy Reborn is about, uh, I've got to be careful what I can say, but mm-hmm. basically, because I I, you know, I was just hired to act on this. But Okay, um, that was my
2: question, of, if whether you had written this or if there uh, were a performer in it
0: this one so it was quite nice because when you're directing and acting i i don't know if anyone else gets this but i find it really hard to just concentrate on one thing because it's like i'm the director and i'm i'm trying to direct myself and everyone else as best as i can but then also you've got to think about your performance as well and if and if there's an actor that i don't know maybe hasn't hit their mark I, as a director, have to be able to think, oh, no, sorry, I need to stop you there. We need to go again because you haven't hit your mark. And sometimes I forget to hit the mark when I direct because I'm, I'm trying to think on, you know, where's the boom? Has it caught the shot because I can't see the monitor? Is the angle set up correctly and stuff like that? So it's easily, it's very easy to get your vision, I guess, clouded. But yeah, with The Mummy, it was just working as an actor, which is quite nice. I didn't have to worry about what the crew were doing or the cameraman, the, the boom operator or anything like that. I could just relax in between takes and, and just do acting when I needed to be on set. But yeah, The Mummy is a horror. thinks a horror slash comedy, which is quite interesting. And it's about a group of friends who try to make some fast money for themselves with some antiques but then they awaken the curse of the mummy and uh there's repercussions for them so yeah and I I was quite lucky to have the freedom to do what I wanted with this character that I got so I just put my absolute everything into it and this is I guess my first comedy that I've done so it was a little bit daunting at first but uh I've heard some great things about the film and how well I did. I was quite touched and humbled by what the director had to say when he messaged me after filming. Um, So I can't wait to see it because it's been a long journey. I've not heard much about it, but I can't wait to see it. And as I say, there should be a DVD release in the UK and the States later this year, possibly next. Yeah, my resources are limited at the moment. But, uh, yeah, that was great fun. It was a great chance to work with a director I'd hoped to work with for several years. And uh, finally made it happen. I was approached by Scott Chambers. He's a a UK actor. Um, You're probably knowing best for his performance in Chicken film, if you've ever seen that. If you haven't, definitely do, because he's just (laughs) mind-blowing. Okay. He's amazing in it. And uh, that's sort of how we sort of connected i added him after i saw the film and we were just speaking and this was, i guess you could say my early days of acting just trying to find the you know the ropes of how to get into it and stuff and he advised me and then several years later he messages me and says we're shooting a film in your backyard pretty much we'd like to offer you a role so you know i was just like mate if i'm going to be working with you then no question about it i'm there just tell me when and when so yeah, that was a that was a week's filming, very long days, but you know I I think we've got something special to show everyone. So yeah, I'm I'm really proud of this. Yeah, he, um, the director Dan Allen, he's been um, dropping some little hints of what we can expect on his Twitter on yeah his Twitter and Instagram, dropping some stills, and uh, I think everyone's going to be really excited to see this.
1: I love a good horror comedy.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never done one before.
2: It sounds like you have, at some point, had your hand in every aspect of filmmaking, um, mm. writing, directing, acting. Did you start as an actor, or did you did you start as a writer? Because
0: no, I it sounds started... like
2: you're quite a prolific writer.
0: Ah, oh, well, um, now I started as a an actor, and being a working class actor is like difficult sometimes to get in the same room with some casting directors as people with bigger names and stuff, you know, you may have all the talent under the sun and be really talented, but sometimes working-class actors just get overlooked and it's it's difficult to get the jobs you want to go for. And I thought, you know what? If no one's going to offer me the job, I'll just write it myself. You know, and a lot of actors here in the UK are actually producing their own work because we're not getting looked at. So it's forcing us to venture into another sort of career, whether that be directing, writing, producing, anything, anything within filmmaking. So by those restrictions and limitations of trying to progress as a a working-class actor, we're actually learning something else. You know, We're so used to being in front of the camera, we're actually starting to think, I need to get behind the camera now because if I don't put my own work out there, no-one's going to know who I am, no-one's going to want to see me for any auditions if i can't get the work you know if people if a casting director says what have you worked on lately they're not going to want to hear not much tell them that you're writing stuff tell them you started a dance class you know just i think it's important to always stay active Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean one of the interesting things as well is a lot of people know that i write my own stuff so I'm always getting messaged, you know, what are you writing next? Is there a chance I can be in it? And I do try to take those people into consideration when I write stuff because I know how frustrating it can be when you've not got any work, you know, any work on. So if I can give something back, then that's good. That's what I want to do. And who knows, maybe in the future, maybe in the future, I might be a, a director, you know, when I'm 40 years old, I may think I prefer being behind the camera, you know, so it's sort of like a plan b so yeah
1: our earlier guest was uh sam benjamin also a a working class actor and both him and then barry sloan who is big here in the states have, have mentioned that as well that it's you know we sort of joke here about the you know what we see on bbc is like the same actors in every show that if you didn't go to the right school and have the right accent and the right connections it can be very difficult to to break into that and a lot of i guess those really you know talented british actors end up coming to the states in order to find work is that something you've considered or is that sort of like you're like i really want to you know move forward here
0: yeah i mean i think you're right there i can see where you're coming from when you say every british actor is kind of like <laughs> you know it's, it, it feels it does feel like you're seeing the same guy in almost everything And I think there needs to be also more diversity and representation of other cultures and stuff like that. But, yeah, in terms of where I want to go, I think it's every actor's dream to be, you know, out there in L.A., in America, making movies. But in order to do that, I need to prove myself here first and show my country what I can do. And then if the opportunity comes in the future to fly out and do a movie there, then um I'm never going to say no to that because that's the dream, I think. I'd be lying if, 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 uh, if I was to say it wasn't. I grew up in American movies. American movies is what made me want to be an actor. So to get to the, the top of the mountain, I, I guess you could say, is where I want to end up. But it's quite interesting because i a a filmmaker. I know uh, Remy Moses shot a film in America a couple of years ago. And one of the things he told me is that it's so much easier to get your work seen over in in the States than it is here, which is quite interesting. That was an eye opener for me because I thought, well, if, if the UK is not investing their time and money into, into actors and filmmakers here in the UK, we're gonna lose a lot of talent, a lot of talented people, to you know who wanna grow in their career, and if they can only get the help and the recognition that they they can get in the in in the United States, then of course people are gonna go over there. You know, if if I was offered a part in America, like tomorrow, I'd be gone. I wouldn't be waiting to think, well, you know, in two weeks' time, I might get something land on my doorstep here. So as an actor, you've got to be hungry. You've got to chase, you're always chasing the next job, wherever it comes from. So, uh, yeah, it's a shame really for the UK, you know, they're, they're sort of overlooking people. So as I say, there's a lot of talent here. It's just a shame that we're not recognizing it.
1: So you, I think, following you on, on Twitter, you, you work like two regular jobs as well as that. You know, how do you balance that time?
0: Uh it's hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's very difficult. I'm in. A, I'm at a process now where I'm engaged, um, and where we're, we're soon to be moving out into our own little place. Um, but one of congratulations. The things, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, one of the things that I, I've made very clear is that this is, like I said to you earlier, it was the only acting's been one of the only things that I I feel like I've only ever been able to do, and sort of excelled at. Maybe some people question that, but uh, it's it's one of the things that I don't think I could ever give up, you know. And I'm I'm, I'm someone that if I think I can do something, I'm not gonna start until I finish it, because otherwise, what's the point starting, you know? So yeah, for, trying to find the balance is just plan planning ahead, and you know, if I can wake up for something that I may certainly not, maybe I enjoy, but maybe I don't love shall we say then i can most certainly wake up at six in the morning for something i do love i want to do for the rest of my life so you know is using your annual leave um wisely to you know put days off to audition or to do work maybe the old sick day um stuff like that really <laughs> like i've only recently started this second job anyway but again um life is short so I don't want to just limit my my time and attention to one thing. I do want to learn other things, as it is you know filmmaking. I want to learn to draw again, write, improve on my writing. Uh, the job now I have is a physiotherapist, and as a normal, a normal daytime job, I'm really enjoying it. And I've realised, you know, on day one I had my doubts and questions. I kind of felt like Leonardo DiCaprio in. Um, catch me if you can you know where he's turning up to all these other <laughs> jobs and stuff and i was just like how have i got here have they seen something in me that have i lied to them somehow like have they got expectations of me because i most certainly can't do this but <laughs> as the weeks have gone on i've realized you know just take each day as it comes i'm surrounded by uh, a group of supportive people and yeah so it's quite nice to say that i've got a plan b to my name you know i think with acting, I heard someone say once, this was an actor, who said, um, with acting, it's also important to have something else in your life that can make you happy as well. And I think for a long time I've just been trying to find something that does make me happy because when you've not got any acting work and you want to be creative and you've got that passion inside of you that you just want to let out and perform and stage and film and you're not able to do that, it can get really really depressing you know and it's just nice to have something else to focus on but yeah when the acting work comes up you know of course i'm gonna have i'm gonna go to it like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life as far as i can see it there's no stopping me so yeah
2: it sounds like you're also the um, type of person who is constantly learning from whatever situation you're in
0: looking for
2: the positive things to take from it and how to reapply it and other things
0: absolutely I heard an actor say that she had so many. I mean, she was a single mother. Um, I think she had four kids, and she was working as a waitress between jobs. And one of the pieces of advice that she said to me was, "Don't see it as a daytime job. Try to see it as a character that you're playing." You know, and I kind of thought, "Wow, like that's an eye opener for me there." You know, and and the interesting thing about now working in a hospital is. The week after I started, I had an audition, well, self tape to prepare, playing a nurse, you know. So I was kind of like, I feel like I can do this now, you know. So there's always something to take away from other life experiences and apply it to acting, you know. Acting's an art, and we as artists should be able to be as creative as we can with that. It's about bringing a side of you to that performance, making it different from. First, imagined I guess I was doing something different with it yeah
1: was well, there so I think we're uh, we're about at our uh, time limit. Is there anything else you uh, you're like people you need to know this about me or <laughs> about what's coming up?
0: No, no, as I say, keep an eye out for um, the teaser for Roadkill again in, in a couple of, in a couple of weeks, I should have a teaser for no Mercy, and also if you can keep an eye out for the mummy. Reborn because uh, a lot of hard work went into that. Um, this is one of the first films that, first feature films where I've had such a huge role in it, and everyone there was absolutely amazing. The cast and crew, I miss them. Um, it, it 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 just felt like a holiday, you know, just turning up and set and just having so much fun with everyone. Where we all came together and became like this sort of little family at the end. I think we're really going to have something special to show everyone, and uh, yeah that's it
1: <laughs> perfect phenomenal well thank you so much for taking the time and we appreciate that
0: you know, and i know you.
1: you are obviously very busy
0: <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs>
1: well thank you so much and have a wonderful day
0: thank you thank you for having me ladies you just listened to the podcast Next of the hub Produced, recorded, and edited by the TV Series Hub team. If you want to read TV and film related articles, reviews, and more, go to www.tvserieshub.tv Also, follow us on Twitter and check our Facebook page. Both at TV Series Hub. Send us a message. No proudly.